It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 8608 at News Talk WSB. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, and you are there ready for another three hours of questions and answers, speculation, just the most any kind of conversation you'd like to have. All of it here on the Lawn and Garden Show. 404-872-0750 is the number. And if you have a question about bugs or lawns or weeds or trees or Critters in the house, critters outside of the house. If you have any question about your garden, your lawn, your landscape, this is the place every week to get experience-based and, well, research-based and experience-tempered information about what you need to do in the garden. And thank the good Lord I did not have to water this past week. I'm not sure you got as much rain as I did, but I was looking at about two and a half to three inches between this day and last Saturday, which is darn good for summertime work, I think, in Atlanta. So I'm really proud of that. Of course, that made the lawn grow, and of course, it made some of the flowers get a little wet at the bottom, and so that wasn't as good as I thought it would be. Some of my tomatoes have septoria leaf spot all over them, and so the tomatoes are not looking happy right now. But at least we had rain. We don't have dry weather. That's great. I love that. 404-872-0750, the number to dial this morning. Let's go first to Nicole down in Griffin, Georgia. Hey, Nicole, good morning. Mr. Reeves. Mr. Nicole, good morning. So we got a lot of rain? I got a lot of rain. What about you? The same here. Everything yeah. went back green. Yeah, it's great, to, it's great to not have that worry on your brain. When you think about the dry, hot 95 degrees that we had a couple of weeks ago, you think, is it ever going to rain? Is it ever going to rain? And then all of a sudden, the rains come, and you're happy. You don't have to worry too much about things drying out. Yeah, and the uh, stuff looks look, look better now. Than, yeah, oh, yeah. stuff looks... I hate when it's my stuff look bad. <laughs> sometimes there's not a lot you can do about it. If you don't water, 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 you just have to let them look bad sometimes. Yes. Uh, this week I had to deal every year with the same thing. I had to deal with this person that comes and get all my trees. So what I come back here, no tree at all. Tell me more. Well, I see, remember, I offered him a glass of tea and yeah. he was just leaning. Yeah. But this year, I mean, I think there's like eight or ten wire, and every year somebody's got to come and uh, it's a different company in the county, I guess they yeah. pay those people to. Uh, but this year they came with this long machine, mm. make noise, and a long shaft. I don't like <laughs> this machine at all. Look, <laughs> Lee, did you see all? Oh, it scared me, this machine. But yeah. Yeah. Is that the one that has the big saw blade on the end, that big round saw blade? Yes, it's a big machine. Ooh. I mean, the shaft is probably oh, 50 feet in the air. Sure, 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 sure. You and know. get up and get around the power lines and cut all the limbs back. But you're right, it is a scary-looking machine. You think, man, it's reaching way over from the road, over beyond the power lines. What if it fell down and electrocuted everybody? Oof. What about if you cut one wire? Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the things that... I know to be a tr be true is that the tree companies have become so much more adept at trimming trees around power lines in the last 10 to 15 years because when I was younger in the extension service, you would constantly get questions and complaints and pictures and documentation about how these tree companies had cleared around an uh, electric line in somebody's front yard and just 
just murdered the tree, just did an awful job, a sloppy job. And these days, whatever tool they use, the tree companies seem to do a much, much, much better job at cutting back to the right point and making the trees look at least a little bit like they're supposed to while still not having a threat to the electricity in your house and in your neighborhood. Well, the whole purpose for me to put tree in front of the house is there's a dip when it rains a lot. Yeah. People lose control because it, it is accumulate. Uh-huh. So I said, I have to put something to, <laughs> to, <laughs> Stop to guard. Yeah. Because this week, this guy took three mailboxes out with his car. <laughs> and I said, good grief. You know, let yeah. me have those three. I mean, we guard them so they can guard us. I think you have the same situation that my mother does, is that she lives on a curve there not too far from you uh, in Griffin. And it's not uncommon, like you said, for people to lose control as they come around the curb, boom, 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 they're off, they're into the ditch. Nobody has been hurt, I don't think, any time recently. But it's a common occurrence for trees to run off the road. But I was thinking, if they come every year, yeah. I mean, there's no way this thing go back that fast. They go on the power line. Yeah, yeah. But I don't see why. You say every year they come back? Oh, Mr. it's been like four or five years. It's a different <laughs> company because they have different lines. The yeah. one on top is really hot. And the bottom, they got a cable. And, yeah. you know, but it's probably eight or nine wire. Wow. So there's eight or nine different companies. Yeah, yeah. Each one comes out and trims the tree to their own needs and specifications so it doesn't interrupt your your power or your cable service. Gosh knows what would happen if our cable service were out. Oh, my Lord. Uh, cables, you know, news and things like that would not be able to be to be seen. That would be a tragedy in Spalding County. Yes, well, each, <laughs> each county has got his own problems, what, you know. What kind, of, what kind of tree is it that's being cut by the tree company? Well, this pecan tree, not on my side, on the other side. Mm-hmm. It produced probably one time in 20 years. We oh, just get oh. cut every year. Yeah, yeah. Big time, you know. And I have those big uh, crepe model. Yeah. Oh, last year he took a branch. He said, I have to take a branch or two. I said, okay, I'm just sitting here watching you. Oh. I offer him something. But this year I couldn't offer him anything because he came in the morning. I watched him all day. He came back in the afternoon. <laughs> it was a big tree. <laughs> big job, Nicole. Come on. Yes, come, <laughs> come back several times to do it. Oh, okay. man. So what are you planning on planting? Let's talk about that for just a minute, and then I'll get out of here. But what are you planning on planting anytime soon or for the fall? Oh, I have this. Uh, I thought about it all month, you know. But it, this year, it's been 15 years. It needs to be done. That's a big planter. It's probably 8 by 10. Yeah. I mean, we like 24 off the ground. And I had to empty all out because it's not retaining no moisture anymore, mm-hmm. huh. you know. That's, that's going to be a big job. Yeah. I'm going to have a lot of stuff to give away, though. But you can take the stuff if you want to, and you can dig it into the soil of a f- outdoor flower bed for your pansies for the wintertime. You can take that old used dirt and dig it into your yard itself. You don't have to give it away if you don't want to. Well, it's all the bulb. If I plant the bulb this time, uh-huh. they, I mean, if I wait too late, the yeah. bulb's going to be mushed because yeah. it cannot adapt. I agree. I'm looking for. I'm going to tell you one quick thing that I saw yesterday that I'm really, really going to do in about uh, two weeks from now was last winter I gave a big amaryllis bulb to all of my neighbors. I have three neighbors that I'm really fond of, and so I gave each each family a big amaryllis bulb. They bloomed, they looked great, fabulous, and they were real proud of them. And I said, now give me this back, and I'll try to make it rebloom. And the ones that I got back from my neighbors, I planted them in a little uh, nurse bed that's out in the sun in my backyard. And the plants, the bulbs have done great. They're bigger than they were even last year. They're just enormous. 
And come 1st of September, I can take those amaryllis bulbs, cut off the leaves, dig them out of the ground, cut off the leaves, and put them in a place to sort of semi-dry out. And when these amaryllis bulbs have a little bit of time to dry out, they think to themselves, oh my gosh, winter has set in and we're not going to bloom, we're not going to put any leaves on until spring arrives for us. And so around uh, November, November 10th or 15th or so, I'll take those bulbs that have been drying out for a couple of months and then put them in a pot with some soil, put some water on them, put them in a sunny window in my house. I'll bet you they're going to bloom again this year, and I'll give the same bulb back to my neighbors that they gave to me back in February. Oh, Mr. Reed, you something else. You will ask for the stuff back. Yeah, I ask for the stuff back. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's not like I'm a, I'm a bad giver and take my presents back for somebody, but in a sense, I, I'm a good giver. I'm taking something back and hopefully giving them something even prettier from the uh, bulb that, they gave, that I gave to them they gave back. Yeah. That's my project, project anyway. Well, I'm, I'm the same way because I give the, the cabbage, white cabbage and yeah. the compost. I yeah. got to go in and I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole, it's wonderful talking to you. I'll see you next Saturday. Enjoy your day. We'll see you then. 404 the number to call. Melody and Conyers will be with us in a minute to talk about white flies on her crepe myrtle tree. Of course, the main thing is how big is the crepe myrtle tree? Can she spray? Can she do something organic? What can we do to control white flies? JD has a fescue lawn, broadleaf weeds throughout. What are we going to do about that? Uh, Terry in Temple, Georgia, has larvae things boring into the stem of her squash. You know what that is, but what can she do to control it? We'll be with Jackie as well over in Cedartown. You can jo- you can join us as well. 404-872-0750. We'll be right back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, truck mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. It's going to be pretty typical back again in the next couple of days. Tonight particularly, it's going to be in the, man, the low to mid-60s, partly cloudy skies, 30% chance of thunderstorms, and the high today in the low 90s. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. we got Melody from Conyers who joins us this morning. Hey, Melody, good morning. Hey, good hey. morning, Walter. Yeah, my crepe myrtles have white flies, and they're just a plethora of them. I call the <laughs> extension center, and I start spraying them, but they haven't gone away. Two of them are a dwarf crepe myrtle, okay. and the other four are like six feet tall. What did you so those, What did you spray them with, Melody? Um, what product or what chemical or what? It was a chemical for insecticide, for insecticide and bugs, and uh-huh. like an ortho product. Um, Huh, and you've got real thorough coverage because white flies, generally speaking, can be controlled easily by insecticides. They're not tough or resistant or beetles or something that wouldn't be killed pretty immediately. So I'm surprised that you don't get any reduction of the white flies. I got a little bit, but I was, she told me to do it like every three days. Ooh, that's and, you a know, lot. I was doing it and doing it, but they still never went away. And it's so bad that all of the leaves have the black. Yeah. You know, you may may want to consider that there are not white flies, but there could be a mixture of aphids and white flies there because both of them are sap-sucking insects, and both of them have the characteristic of the undigested sap in their bodies gets deposited as honeydew on all the leaves and 
pine straw and trunks and everything underneath them. And then the honeydew gives you this black, sooty-looking stuff that grows on the leaves. So you could have both aphids and white flies. Either way, your insecticide should control them. And the stuff that I would use is one of the systemic insecticide products. Um, let's see, Bayer has, it's just called Season Long. No, that's, that's the weed control. The Bayer has a systemic product that you can put on the ground underneath the crepe myrtles. Um, Ortho, I'm sure, has one as well. Bonide has from Pike. So there are any number of products around, but look on the label for what it says systemic or drench the ground around your plant or something like that. That's the stuff I would use because, again, both of these insects are sap-sucking insects, and once the poison gets in the sap, then they die. No matter how you spray, you don't have to spray, you just drench the ground. Oh, that's better. I would think I'll have to cut them off and, like, throw them away. Nah, we're not going to do that. Even if the leaves were black, even though you saw this sooty mold on everything around the tree, and leaves and everything, it doesn't really... Just a little bit. It affects the health of the crepe myrtle just a little bit, maybe 5%. But you could do nothing and endure sort of an ugly-looking tree, but it still wouldn't kill the plant. But they didn't bloom as much as they bloomed in the past. They just bloomed a little bit this year. Yeah, I suppose that could be could be a side effect, but it could also be a side effect of bad weather or drought or a couple of other things. It's not always the fault of the insects, not always their damage and harm that causes the plant not to bloom. It could be other things, environmental things as well. Okay, well, I'll look for an systemic and enjoy uh, your systemic, show. that's right. Thanks for calling, Melody. Okay, thanks. Bye. 404-872-0750, the number on lawn and garden. We've added Walter to the mix this morning. Walter's going to talk about his Leland cypresses, which are not doing very well. Jackie wants to know in Cedartown, can she plant the pits of a peach and get a peach tree that'll be having peaches as good as the one she already enjoyed? We'll talk about that as well. Our number again, 404-872-0750. It's 627, almost 628. We'll be back after news. At AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. 635 on a Saturday morning, 72.7 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. Walter Reeves here to help you be more successful in whatever you're trying to do in your landscape and bring a little happiness on a Saturday morning as well. A number you heard just a moment ago, 404-872-0750. J.D. in Atlanta, GA, joins us. Hey, J.D., good morning. Good morning, Walter, and thank you, sir, for taking my, taking my call. Yeah, man, how can I help? Last, ever since last year, I failed to put down a pre-emergent. I've been flagged with broadleaf weeds, yeah. leaves on, on my fescue uh, lawn. Yeah. And I need to know what do I do? Should I go ahead and put down a herbicide now, or should I just ignore the broad leaf weed, uh, uh, weeds and just go ahead and put down my fescue? No, we're, don't, I don't think we should plant fescue until around the middle of September when it's cooling off just a little bit. So you have a couple of weeks, or more than that, I guess, before you have but to it, plant seed. 
But if I put down a herbicide now, most time they say wait 30 days before you put Not all down. of them. This is where J.D. gets to just go and study. You go and look at the labels of all the products that have that say control broadleaf weeds and fescue. Ortho has one. Bayer has one. Bonite has one. Um, Spectricide has one as well. But you read the labels, and some of the ingredients and some of the mixtures that they put into broadleaf weed killers differ from each other enough that some will say wait two weeks, wait one week, wait six weeks. It just depends on what the mixture of chemicals is in there. I for see. instance, the uh, the Bayer season-long weed control, if I'm not mistaken, has a pre-emergent in it, and you would not want to use that and then try to plant fescue seed because the pre-emergent thing would keep the seed from coming up. Whereas other products, ortho or or somebody else's products might just have the weed killer, no pre-emergent at all. And you could put that down now. In most cases, within three weeks I guess of planting you'd be safe but you got to read the label you got to find out how long it says specifically on the product you're considering how long it wants you to wait okay well you've answered my question I appreciate it yeah like I said. mean you got to get the weeds whenever you see them as best you can JD because Lord help us they'll put thousands of seeds down and that's even more trouble and misery next year I see okay thank you so much you have bet. a good day thanks for calling JD okay. we got uh, Jackie in Cedartown who's with us as well Jackie good morning Good morning, Walter. I really enjoy your show. Thank you. Uh, a few weeks back, I bought some peaches at a local farmer's market. A little, I guess you call them Indian peach or something uh -huh. like that. Yeah. And they were really delicious. And uh, I've always bought fruit trees. I've never tried to plant the pits or the seeds. Got it. And now I wonder, how, what should I do with these? So just set them up, let them dry, or will they come up? It all depends on how mature the peach itself was before it was harvested. Because if it was sort of a on the edge of green peach and had not quite fully ripened, then the seed inside is probably not mature enough to germinate for you, and you get nothing when you put it in the ground. Well, he uh, he said he had planted and picked them that day, and I believe it because they were really fresh, fresh. Yeah. You could tell. Were they reasonably they soft? Were, they were very soft. Okay, great. That's good news. Um, I think the easiest thing to do is eat the peach. You're already enjoying them. And put the seeds in the ground now and put it in a place that you can put a little piece of um, uh, chicken wire, hardware cloth or something over the top because I guarantee you every squirrel in the neighborhood is watching. When you plant those <laughs> seeds, they're saying, oh man, look at there, Jackie's making us something to eat. And you have to keep them from digging up the sprouts when they come up or digging up the, the seeds before they even come up. Okay, good deal. And you'll see uh, if, if things work out according to plan, next to April, I guess, April or early May, you'll see little sprouts come up and uh, the leaves will be on it. And you'll be very proud of yourself for doing that. But it will take probably two to three years before it's big enough to even start bearing. So okay, that's how long that's you have okay. to wait. That's good, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Hey, I take care of it. Sure. I've never planted the pits before. <laughs> we'll find out. We'll find out. It's a great experiment. Thanks for calling, Jackie. Thank you. We'll see you, man. We got Pamela Hutton Stone Mountain who joins us. Pamela, hey, good morning. Hey, good morning. Thank you so much for your show. You've helped me so much. How can I help, Pamela? Oh, I have a bifold question. Uh, first, moving to South Carolina. Oh, we're going to miss three, you. We'll, I know. We'll miss you I terribly. I have three really favorite plants that are, you know, in my front yard. That I'd like to take with me, and I'm wondering whether or not I can take them in seed, or must I dig them up? What? They're my brown-eyed Susan, or black-eyed Susan, right, sure. you call them. And I've got a color pride coleus, okay. and some colossal daylily. Hmm. All right. I have said this before, and... Uh, <laughs> 
haven't gotten too much reaction from the Baptists in the world, but <laughs> one of the things that I have advised people, movie plants like you, is that they need a, a raincoat and a ball cap and some sunglasses because they've got to go to the liquor store. And if you're a Baptist, you never want to be seen in the liquor store, and you don't even say hello to the other Baptists in the liquor store because they might go and tell the preacher. But those liquor boxes with the little hand handles on the sides are really good for moving things, moving plants, and I think you could move successfully the uh, the uh, coneflower as well as the daylilies without any problem at all. The coleus is probably not worth it. You can maybe take some cuttings and root them and take those to South Carolina, but the plant itself is probably not going to survive winter anywhere in South Carolina, wherever you move to. So I think the first, the first and the third are the ones that are going to move. All right, good enough. And my last, the other side of my question was, I uh, read somewhere that some tomatoes have a second surge in the season, late in the season, yeah. and I'm wondering if there's a resource somewhere that I can find out which uh, varieties do or don't, because I was about to start cutting back yeah. uh, my tomatoes that are spent, and I wouldn't want to cut back those if there's some that may come back a little bit uh, in late fall. Yeah, the the information is exactly right, because tomatoes are governed somewhat by the amount of sunshine and heat they get, and when it gets really hot in the middle of the summertime, tomatoes will stop blooming. The flowers that do come on won't get pollinated very well. Tomatoes that are started on the vine just stay green for a couple of weeks, if not more than that, and so you have this lull right in the middle of the summertime, and when things cool off a little bit, when temperatures at night are in the high 60s, then the tomatoes are able to recover overnight and able to ripen the fruit and to have more flowers and to have more growth on them for that second burst of, of tomato energy, I guess, in the year. Now, that said, I don't know which varieties actually do that, but I know why they do it. So this is going to be your research, I guess, Pamela. Go online and see if you find a <laughs> variety that you can find. You can't. You don't have enough time to grow them from seeds, so you almost have to be sure that the local nursery has the variety that you want that's already been grown for a while and is a foot or more high. And uh, those are the ones you can either plant now or the ones that you have. You could uh, wait and see what happens to them this fall or purchase the ones that you really want next spring when you put your tomatoes out in the first place. Okay. Well, I was just hoping there was a one-stop shop uh, resource to find out that list of those. I'll tell you, I, I'll get online and try to figure it out. I will tell you a place that I would go first, and that is one of the two tomato and pepper-only online resources. One is called Totally Tomatoes, and the other one escapes my mind right now, but Totally Tomatoes is a great resource, has hundreds, it looks like, of different kinds of tomatoes, heirloom and uh, improved tomatoes, hybrid tomatoes. They have some peppers, a couple of things like that, but they have a very good description of each variety of tomato, and if it has that second surge after the heat of the summertime, it'll say, and you can get those seeds and plant them next spring, probably a little bit earlier than you'll put them outside, but you can put the seeds in cups indoors, grow them in your windowsill, and have them ready to plant outside when the time comes. Okay. All right. Well, good enough. Well, keep up the good work. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Thank you, Pamela. Dri All right. Drive Bye -bye. safely. We'll see you uh -huh. soon. Walter is in Stockbridge and joins us. Hey, Walter, good morning. Good morning. How are you today? I'm fabulous. How can I help? Leland Cypress, I put out about 14 uh, in April, yeah. and they were growing real well. Drought came in. I watered them a couple of times to keep them from drying out. Now I'm losing some to yeah. full brown. I tried pruning some of the 
brown spots, uh, limbs off of the trees, but um, look like I'm losing them more and more. What should I do? If, do I need to replant, uh, pull up and take the soil out because I planted them in tree planting soil? Yeah. To be honest with you, Walter, the most likely thing that has happened is they dried out. If you watered them just a couple of times, as you said just now, that probably was not nearly enough to keep them happy because they were – how big were they when you planted them initially? Uh, Three-gallon container, about three-and-a-half feet tall, and they grew probably seven, eight inches yeah, after a couple yeah, of months. Yeah. But planting, planting trees in the spring is always going to be fraught with a little bit of uncertainty as whether they can get enough water during the summertime when it's hot and the leaves and the foliage are just demanding water – and if they can't get that water, if it's not available because somehow Walter went on vacation or Walter you know, slacked off and didn't water them for a week and a half, then the root balls still are about the same size as they were when you planted them in April. So the roots haven't gone out into the surrounding soil. And if you take a water hose, I know this is what I do sometimes, <laughs> is I take a water hose, sort of you know, dribble a little water on this plant and then dribble a little water on that plant, and I never really get the root ball fully saturated. And that is what you aim for when you water uh, plants that are, that are in the springtime. And so Leland planted in April in the spring, you have to keep the root ball saturated at least once a week for it to survive without drought damage in the summertime. So bad news, Walter, is I think they're probably dried out. Okay, now in replant, it's not a, a disease or something that's taking place with them. I doubt it very okay. seriously. It's just so much more likely. If I were to bet on this, I would say it's about eighty to ninety percent more likely that they dry it out than that there is some disease that's taking them down. Okay. Other question: If I replant them, if I put a plastic tube in the ground with holes in it to water them from the top to make sure it reached the bottom of the roots, mm-hmm. would that be? Helping them all That's that. a possibility. I can see if you're a reasonably skilled handyman, plumber, or something like that, you could take PVC pipe, just half-inch PVC pipe, and stretch it down the uh, length of your trees, and drill a little hole wherever the pipe is right next to the trunk of your Leland Cypress, and put a little hose adapter on the end, and water that for, I don't know how long it takes, but whatever you think it takes to get the water into the root ball and saturate it, that's a way to get them all watered at the same time. Okay, thanks for your help. All right, good luck with it, Walter. Sorry about the loss. If you have, if you bought it from a nursery that has a guarantee, you could just come back in, even if it's your own fault or if you suspect it may be your own fault. Most of the nurseries that are reputable around have at least a one-year. Pike course has a lifetime guarantee. But if you want to take the plants back in and say, I'm sorry, these died, can I have some replacements, then maybe they'll give give you a replacement. Okay, we'll give it a try. Hey, thanks for calling, Walter. Thank you. It's 647 on a Saturday morning, 72 degrees outside. We'll be back right after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Bottom line, typical southern southern weather this morning and this afternoon. Highs reach up into the low, let's go the low 90s. Overnight, the metro area sees partly to mostly cloudy skies. 30% chance of thunderstorms and low in the upper 60s. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Clayton is out in Decatur and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Clayton, good morning. Hey, Walter, good morning. Um, 
So I'm trying to figure out how to control the mimosa tree seedlings in my yard. My neighbor has a beautiful, I don't know, 15, 20-foot mimosa tree that she absolutely adores. Yeah. Um, but these little seedlings just come up everywhere. And and I'm wondering if regular, just normal pre-emergent will, will eventually take care of those. Not very well. You'll get mm, 40 to maybe 50% control using a pre-emergent, but most of these are not the same as crabgrass which you can, or poa annual, which you can get close to 90 or 100% control with them. But because they're tree seedlings, they have a slightly different method of germinating, which means that the pre-use don't work so well to control them. And the good news, I mean, I'm sort of thinking in my mind, the good news is that not too long from now, her mimosa tree is going to die because that's what mimosa trees do. They last for 10 to maybe a few more years than that, but most mimosa trees are simply going to be short-lived trees, and no matter how much you love them, eventually they're going to die. Oh, okay. So, so there's a little bit of hope. A little, little <laughs> bit of hope there. And you know, honestly, if you just keep mowing it, if, if they're in your lawn, or pull them, I know it's sort of a hassle to do that in your flower beds, but if you just yeah. keep pulling the seedlings, or if you have to take a little spray or go out and squirt them a little bit with herbicide to kill them, that's okay. about the best you can do. I don't think a pre-emergent really is going to be effective for controlling them. Sorry to say that. All right, yeah, I mean, the, the regular roundups and these sort of things work on them. I just, yeah. It's just that they are just, I mean, everywhere. And we, we actually cut down a, um, one of these that was growing right off the lawn, hmm. um, I think, uh, middle of last summer. Let me, let me open up another informational bucket here, Clayton, and, and ask you, these are, in your identification, these are actually seedlings from the mimosa tree, and they're not mimosa weed seedlings, are they? Or do you know what mimosa weed looks like? I don't know mimosa weed. Ah, let me, I was over at my neighbor Gus's lawn the other day and saw mimosa weed growing in his lawn, and I thought, ha, somebody's going to need a little education here. And so I pulled it up, looked at the bottom of the leaves, or I should say underneath the leaves. There are lots of little golden yellow balls that hang underneath the leaf of these what we call mimosa weeds because the foliage looks sort of like a mimosa tree so they call them mimosa weed as a result so it has little balls underneath the leaves so your homework when it gets light enough outside to go see is to go pick up some of these seedlings pull them out of the ground and see if they have the little balls underneath and if they do that's a completely different thing from mimosa tree seedlings mimosa weed grows commonly in lawns, then it can be, here's the great news, can be controlled with uh, pre-emergence if you do the pre-emergent twice, once in the early to middle spring and another time probably June or July. So correct identification, that's the real thing we want to do right now, Clayton. Okay, fantastic. All right, that I will get on that um, later on today. So as it gets light, and you can look on my website at walterreeves.com, just type in mimosa weed and it'll give you the details of what they look like and the sort of the schedule of the pre-emergent you put out for them. Clayton, thanks so much for calling this morning at 6.58. We'll be back after news.